So going into our next sponsor, this episode is also sponsored by my official cryptocurrency guide. That's right, guys. On May 24th, I'm officially releasing my cryptocurrency guide. This is for beginners, for everybody that's been DMing me about how to get into crypto, where can they start. I'm officially releasing my crypto guide on May 24th. I'm going over all things on how to buy, which platforms to use, how to protect your crypto or ledgers and stuff like that, how to pay taxes, good coins I think you should invest in long term. I'm going over everything you need to get started with crypto. It's packed, jam-packed with info. And the link will be in the description of the podcast. So if you're interested in getting the guide and pre-ordering it today, you can go to the link in the podcast description and you can get started with making money in crypto today. Hey, turn me up something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chasing greatness, I'm stacking now and balling later in the conversation. We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments and sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak. That shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Man and Monsense Podcast I'm your host, Xavier And today we got another dope episode Man, I got this, this guy We just, um, we've been knowing each other for a minute But we just linked up the first time this past weekend in Dallas, and we had a ball, man. And I love everything he's doing. So I'm like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta bring him on the pod. And his name is Gene Marshall. He's out of Chicago. He's from the crib, and he's doing a lot of dope things, man. He's a real estate guy. He's gonna bring a lot of value. Talk about real estate. So what's up, bro? Welcome to the show, man. What's popping, man? Yeah, y'all show me, man. Y'all show me a good time. <laughs> Dallas, man. Definitely, I definitely, man. Appreciate, it. I appreciate all the hospitality. Uh, like I said, I, I literally just booked the trip. Uh, back in June, so we gonna we gonna do a part two in June, man. Yeah, we gonna we gonna we gonna do it again, man. We gonna do it again, and just getting right into it, man. So for the people that's made it be their uh, first time here in the U.S., so just giving a little um background on yourself. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Gene Marshall. Most people just call me Gene. I'm a parallel entrepreneur based out of Chicago. My purpose in life is to inspire all of humanity to go all in on living the codes of abundance. And um, I own about 30 rental units right now, heavy in the real estate space. Uh, got a concealed carry self-defense business that I grew to six figures. Uh, let's see here, I'm an author. Wrote my first book, The Power of an Idea, a beginner's guide to turning your ideas into massive profits in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, let's see what else, let's see what else. Pers- I-, I love personal development, man. I do a lot mm-hmm. of traveling, a lot of motivational speaking. Uh, I love inspiring people. I grew up 
on the south side of Chicago from the slums, uh, made it out. And I'm trying to pull people out now, man. So that's that's Eugene. That's Gene. That's Gene. And, and that's that's amazing, bro. And I didn't even know about the concealed carry stuff. So we definitely, that's a major topic. We definitely got to touch on that. But um, first, so like diving into real estate. So you're only 26 years old. So what got you into real estate? How, how did you get into it so early? Yeah, so um, I think like a lot of people who get started on an entrepreneurial journey, they all came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Facts. So I came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad while I was in college. But before that, I was involved in this program called YAP, which is stands for Youth Advocate Program in Chicago. And it targeted at-risk youth and at risk of either being um, a victim of gun violence and or going to jail. So I was in that program because, you know, just back then I wasn't really in the right mindset. I had a, I had a different mindset growing up, South Side Chicago, Roseland, Wild Hunters, whatever. And so I was assigned two mentors and both of my mentors owned real estate. And so they would pick me up and I would have, I would do like little work around the house, but I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I just knew that they was paying me, you know? So for me, it was like, all right, cool, whatever. Come to find out they was actually landlords. They was owning buildings. So that was my first actual exposure to real estate, but I didn't know at the time. And then I came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that's when I was like, yo, I need to figure out how to get in this space. Outside of that, I bought some cryptocurrency while I was in um, in college. This was back in maybe 2014, 2015. And I made like, like 10 to 15 grand. I don't even remember how much it was in like two weeks. And I was like, yo, I need to figure out like, if I did mm-hmm. this in two weeks, yo, I need to figure out how I can do this like every all day and all the time. Um, and that was really, that opened my eyes. It's like, yo, like this is possible because I made more in two weeks than I made in a whole summer. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how I got started, man. And then um, I just chose real estate as the vehicle to get going. Mm, man, that, that, man, that's amazing, man. And so like we talked about this um, probably the other day. So like, Getting into real estate, that no matter of fact, scratch it. Let's take it back. Going to Rich Dad, I want to go to this first. Going to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because a lot of people kind of like shit on that book now. They're like, man, he ain't really no game in there. But I feel I don't feel that way. So I'm gonna ask you, what in that book stuck out to you that made that hit you like that to make you be like, oh, the light bulb went off. Understanding the difference between assets and liabilities. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that was the main one. <laughs> yep. right? Liabilities is things that take your money. Assets are things that make you money. Just that simple understanding yep. and that concept, I just took that and ran with it. Yeah, I, yeah same, no, same here for real. Because like I said, a lot of people, they be like, man, that's, that's a basic book. But I'm like, when you don't know nothing about finances, it's like everything. Like when you get down, like you said, it was the same same exact thing for me. I'm saying like assets and liabilities. It's like, oh, damn, I ain't never heard it. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Broke it down like this before. Like, this make you reevaluate your whole life. Like, damn, I'm not doing everything wrong. So, yeah. yeah. So getting into real estate now. So that first deal, like, what was that like? Oh, man, that first deal was a nightmare. Um, so I bought my first deal when I was 23, back in 2018, and um, south side of Chicago. I had my eyes, I was laser focused on Woodlawn, which is a very high concentrated uh, mm-hmm. area on the south side of Chicago where the investors are there. Like everybody's buying there, so it's very competitive, uh, and you got to you got to pay to play. So I had my my mind set on this one area, but there was nothing 
listed on the market that was ready, turnkey, moving ready. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta do a rehab. Fuck it. Because, and I learned so much in this experience <laughs> that, that is crazy. And, and I'm gonna share with everybody, right? So I was like, all right, cool. I guess I gotta do a rehab. Fuck it. No rehab experience at all. But my arrogance and my cockiness taught me a very, very valuable lesson. And um, I said, all right, cool. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, close on this property, found it, needed a rehab. I ended up sourcing a general contractor through a builder that I knew. And come to find out the contractor that I had was very inexperienced. Um, he just he just didn't get it, man. And when you don't know what you don't know, yeah. you're a victim, yep. right? You, you can easily be taken advantage of. And so end up working with this guy. And I started noticing like, yo, why is this shit taking so long? That was that was the that was the key. It was like, and then I come over, I see like one person working, I see like two people working, and then like one week he just disappeared for like a week and a half. I was like, yeah, hold on, like some something ain't right. So we end up getting into it, and I always tell people in real estate, by the time you realize you getting fucked, it's too late. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Right, you've been getting fucked the whole time, mm-hmm. and. I ended up bringing in my mentors that I mentioned earlier and they started like pinpointing like, yo, like this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, that wrong. And long story short, I ended up losing like a little over 50 grand on my first deal. And mm. uh, man, and that, that's not including time, energy. That's just, that's just cash, right? I ended up losing 50 grand. And for the first time in my life, like I had anxiety, never knew what the hell anxiety was um couldn't sleep at night i was thinking about filing bankruptcy i was just at that point where it was like yo i just want to walk away from the deal like whatever i gotta do to get the pressure off me like i just need somebody to help me get through this so i end up hitting up uh peter peter francis Geraci. literally like i'm, I'm literally like wow. yo, I, I need to file bankruptcy wow. so i ended up hitting them up and it was like yo what, you ain't gotta file bankruptcy because you don't owe nobody nothing yet and I'm like, all right, cool. And so going back to my mentors, so my mentor ended up coming by and he was like, yo, you, we could save this deal. This deal is still savable. I'll help you. But before I help you, you got to help yourself. And, you know, I'm, I've always been prosperity consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, believe I can do whatever I, whatever I set my mind to. But for the first time, I was just, this beat me. Mm. right it this this really beat me it knocked me out of the game but he goes i'll help you but before i help you you gotta help yourself and i asked him what you mean by that he was like i need you mentally to get back in the game because right now you let this little piece of brick and mortar beat you but you bigger than brick and mortar right we can pull this off and i don't know why it took me so long to reach out to him but it did Mm. so long story short I understand that people who don't pay don't pay attention. So instead of him hiring, instead of him just taking the project over for me, I hired him as a consultant. I hired him as a consultant to just coach me through the rest of the renovation. Imagine no renovation experience, none of that. So I hired him as a consultant to coach me through the rest of the renovation, got my general contractor's license, and I paid him $1,000 a month for, for five months, right? And so for some folks, they're probably like, damn, you paid him $1,000 a month? 
to coach you. Yeah, I got a deal mm-hmm. I'm trying to get through. Right. And on top of that, that was nothing anyway because I was making money off the renovation anyway because I'm a general contractor now. So I would have spent an additional 20000 if I would have hired a contractor to come in and do it, but I ended up saving the 20000 and making money just getting through the project on my own. So that was that was the first deal. Complete night. Everything went wrong from permit, stop work orders, the lawsuits, the contract, the liens, you name it. That's crazy, bro. Because like through all that, I think most people, 99% of the people would have been like, I'm done with real estate. Never yeah. again. This ain't for me. So for you to even figure that out, work your way around it and keep going, that's amazing, bro. For real, that's amazing. Like I, I know for like I said, I know for a fact most people would have been like, man, this they'd have been going through it, bro. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? To persevere, that shows you like, okay. But do you think on, on on this on this note though, do you think like going to a rehab for your project is a good idea with that experience now? For the first time? Yeah, for the first your real your first real estate deal ever. Do you think it's like a rehab? Here's the thing. Yes and no. Mm. Yes, if you get the proper education, right? So you can go into a rehab for the first time with no experience if you have the proper education and if you have the proper team in place. All you really need is capital and people who give a shit about their work, right? And you got to learn to screen people and read people very quickly because the renovation game is a is it's like it's like war honestly mm. it's like war because you're running one you're running a business right you have to hire and fire people and then you have to manage people to make sure they're not cutting corners right. so i think it's possible yes it is but as long as you have the proper education and coaching and resources behind you mm, that makes sense yeah that's what do you think about uh let me ask you this regard when it comes to general contractors, because this is another important topic, man. So how do you vet and find good contractors? Because good contractors like a like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, no, that's that's facts. So going through what I went through, I probably won't hire a general contractor like anytime soon, um, unless I'm in a position where like I've I've fully vetted their work, I've seen them, people mm-hmm. vouch for them. And they can be trustable. I like I like knowing trust them. So for anybody that's looking to um, hire a general contractor, here's what I would recommend for you to do. Um, the first thing that I would go do is go take a look at his work or, or her work, right? And when you go take a look at their work, you don't want to just see properties that was finished or properties that's almost finished. Go see properties that's under construction and look at the atmosphere of the renovation project itself. Right. So you want to pay attention and start identifying, is it messy in here? Is it, is it unorganized? And if it's unorganized, more than likely, you can tell that your project is going to be the same way. Right. Right. So you want to pay attention to those nuances. Look at the workers. Are they just sitting around talking? Are they working? Right. How many people does he have there or, or she has there? So you really want to, like, look at their total operation from the inside out. Right. Um, track record, how long they've been in the business, right? Make sure that their, their license is active, right? And then you also want to make sure they have capital as well. So for instance, if somebody is hiring a general contractor for FHA project, those general contractors have to front the money up first. All right. 
And now those general contractors, technically, they have, you know, an interest in that project because they got to front the cash. So what you don't want is somebody that's not liquid enough to be able to carry the project forward. So what I would recommend, because it's your project, nobody going to treat your project like you, period. Ask for the bank statements. Mm. Ask for the bank statements. How to show you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure. So if you know, based on the FHA, that you got four to five draws, some do six draws, but they can do more. They can do however many you need, right? But on those first six draws, five or whatever, and based on the renovation budget, so if you got six draws, right? So that means maybe if let's say the budget is 120, that means he's going to be all in 20,000 a draw. So does he or she has a minimum of 20,000 to get through the first draw, right? So those are the things that you want to look at because what you don't want is a contractor that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. So mm-hmm. they working on a project, you know, 10 minutes away, waiting on payment to go through. So now they ain't got no money, your project on, on the hall, right? So you don't want that. You want to make sure they're liquid enough and you want to go check out um, any other sites that they got going on. Well, and you, you just gave some uh, major gems with that. Because that's like, I know, I talk to people all the time about this, and they struggle with finding good contractors. They have a oh, contractor yeah. that's, that's effing them over. So I hope people take that and uh, they apply that. So Another one. Go ahead. Another place you can find really good contractors is HUD consultants. Mm. Even if you're not doing an FHA, contact, reach out to HUD consultants. Because they work with contractors all day long. That's what they do. Right, they're the ones that's over the draw, making sure that the project is supposedly going smooth. Right, so reach out to HUD consultants. HUD consultants, they have plenty of general contracts that they know, like, and trust based on prior experience working with them. That's that's a bar, bro. I, I I love that. I love that you just gave that. And uh, so let's go into your second second deal, third deal. Was it uh, a rehab as well, or was this like buy like you just bought? It was set. Got a tenant in there and stuff like that. Yeah, everything else was already cash flow and producing assets. Okay. From there, everything else was cash flow and producing assets. Tenant was vetted. Um, tenants never missed a payment. And immediately when I close, I'm collecting check. Right. That's 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 the that's the game I'm playing right now. However, I'm still in the rehab space here and there if the deal makes sense. But for the most part, I'm just buying cash flow producing assets. Mm, I, and uh, see, I was going to ask, was that intentional? But that sounds intentional, especially after going through what you went through that first deal. Oh, yes, it's completely intentional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, <laughs> I think, but what's your experiences with um, inherited tenants, though? Like, what, what's that like? So first deal, going back to the first deal, dude, I experienced everything. Mm. So I had three tenants that was already preoccupying the building. And again, lack of education, lack of experience. You know, me listening to podcasts, me on YouTube, I'm hearing cash for keys, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. So I got three tenants in there. I'm just going to do cash for keys and get them out. And so, nah, <laughs> that's dead. That one, that one happening. And long story short, they was milking me for as long as they could. So I ended up having to evict them. Um, and then in Illinois, Illinois is a pro-tenant state. So stuff take a while here. So it took me six months just to get them out before we can even start the renovation. So every property that I got after that, all the tenants I inherited, it's been smooth. Really? It, it's been, man, it's, it's been smooth. 
right? And I have, personally, I have an ideal tenant. I have an ideal tenant, age range. And if they got kids, I, I need to know age range of the kids. I'm looking at everything based on location, based on family structure, the whole nine. So it takes me a bit longer to close than most people that's in the space, but I would rather close knowing that I have somebody occupying a unit that they feel like they can call home because they're going to appreciate it, yep. right? And those tenants are going to communicate with you effectively. For instance, they're not going to wait, you know, six months to tell you about a small leak that they've been seeing, right? And then that small leak turned into something big. No, right? Right? Those are tenants that you want. No, so you have a whole process even with finding tenants, I guess, I guess you could say, that's which is dope. Because because some people they get in real estate and they just be happy, you know, they're just happy to make money. So they're just happy to get anybody in the career where they can say, Man, I got tenants, I'm making money. Yeah. And we've seen how a lot of times how that ends. People trash their career, they don't pay rent on time. So I think the process that you said is extremely beneficial for people to do to vet these people before allowing them in your property. Yeah. I mean, one thing you could do. Is just is 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 um verify employment, which the pr the prior landlord should have already done, right? But have them re-verify employment and then make sure that their salary or whatever they're getting matches the area median income. Right. Just just off that alone, mm -hmm. you you can get through, you can weave out a lot of bad deals just, just off that alone. And then it's COVID right now. So you know, a lot of people taking advantage of you know not having to pay rent, etc. So e even then, you know, like some of my deals is just straight CHA, Section 8. Mm -hmm. So recession proof. I ain't, I ain't worried about, you know, nobody not paying me. It's coming. Right? It, it, it's coming. So, yeah, bro, um, that's, that's, you, you got to have a system. No, I love it. System is, system is uh, everything. And, so, and as far as Chicago, uh, you buy all your properties in Chicago, right? Yep, everything in Chicago. Okay. And what is the... From your experiences, what has that market uh, been like? Because I talk to, I only talk to too many Chicago investors. Because some people think it's too expensive, and like you said, it's not Illinois. It's not a, it's not a uh, owner friendly state, right? So you know what I'm saying. So what? So just talk about that experience, the in you the market. The market in Chicago booming, man. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally thinking about selling. I was, I was just saying um, when I was in Dallas, I'm not selling anything but I might've spoke too soon because I'm literally thinking about selling uh, my first building. The market right here is crazy, dog. Like people are paying 20 to 30 grand over asking, like over asking and everybody on the hunt, you know, you put something up, it's going in a week, going mm. two weeks. Yes, it's, it's, it's everybody hungry. I don't know what's going on in Chicago. <laughs> everybody hungry right now. That's so a good like, thing. Yeah, if you got inventory and you rehabbing, yeah, like right now is definitely the time to capitalize. So I would say Chicago market, it is expensive um, depending on where you are, but the rents match the market. So for me, it, it makes sense. However, I am looking at other markets a bit long distance to, to maximize my ROI because you can get a two flat in Chicago, three, a two flat in Chicago, let's say Woodline, maybe like right now, like 300. Um, and that's high. That's high, yeah. You know, that's that's high. So the, it depends on the market, man. But I would say Chicago is is crazy. Yeah, that, that, 
That is crazy though, but I, I mean, but it's not surprising though. Chicago is a major city, one of the biggest cities in the in the world. So they make it make it makes sense. But I want to ask you this because I think this is this is an extremely important question. So, like you being twenty six, being from Southside Chicago, those those who may know or may not know, that's a real area. And being only twenty six to come from that own thirty properties at this young age, and uh, I was reading, even I was reading something. I don't know how true it is. But it said only two percent of Americans own more than one property. Only two percent. So for you to be twenty six and you're owning thirty, that says a lot to your work ethic and your grind. But I want to ask you, like, how does that happen? Because I know a lot of people gonna be listening to this and they in similar situations. They might be because I talk to people all the time. They be like, man, I'm I'm in the hood. I'm in the slums right now, trying to find my way out. Like, what can I do? So I think this question could help a lot of people like that. Even people that may not be in that situation, they're just looking for inspiration. Yeah. Like, how does that, how how does that happen so early? Yeah. So, man, I, I'll tell you, um, it's simple, right? It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. That, right? uh, that makes sense. I say that all the time. It's simple because yep. anybody can do it. Yep. But if anybody could do it, everybody would be doing it. So it's not easy, but it's possible. So the first step is to believe that it's possible. Anything that you want externally, you have to already have it internally first. So that means you got to believe in you. If you don't believe in you, it's not happening, right? It's, it's over with because you, you already attract the negative energy, right? And I tell people all the time, let's say if, if you got big goals, if your goals is up here, right, but you operating at a frequency down there, you would never be able to hit them. And you wonder how, how people are able to buy McLaren's or how people are able to just, you know, go here and go there. That's because they operating at the same frequency as their goals. They locked in. They own that. Right. That's, they own that, for lack of better words. Yep. So first steps, uh, you got to believe in you. The second step, you got to get educated as quickly as possible. So here's how I did. It, right. So you need money, time and knowledge. Right. You don't need to have all three. You just need one of the three, money, time, or knowledge, right? And so I made my first 100,000 doing network marketing. So I was selling uh, real estate education for a private real estate group, and I'll leave their name, name out, uh, for a private real estate group in Chicago. And so we were selling educational packages for like 2,000 to 20,000, and then I was building a team up under me as well. And so with us selling real estate education, we also taught on Wednesdays. We taught a class on Wednesdays. And I knew that if I can get more visibility to the people that actually came in on our weeklies, that I would get more deals. I would meet more people. So long story short, made my way to the top of this little network marketing thing in Chicago. And so I had students that I was teaching to every week, right? I'm 26, 25 years old, but I'm teaching to about 30 students every week. So on top of that, I'm doing wholesale deals. I'm doing like everything else in the city as well. And so these students, they want to know, yo, how, how you doing this? Right? And then for a lot of them, they credit not on point. They, they, trying to, they, they in that phase where they're trying to get, get their stuff together. So I had a credit repair business. And my initial thought for my credit repair business was, okay, cool. I'm just going to do fix and flips. So if I'm going to do fix and flips, and I think I always think long term. If I'm gonna do fix and flips, then that means I need a pipeline of qualified buyers. Because if I have a pipeline of qualified buyers, 
It'll save me time, energy, and money listing a property and then waiting two months, three months, six months, or whatever for the property to sell. But if I have a, a, a list of qualified buyers that know, like, and trust me, then boom, I just, I just narrowed a three-month sale down to probably a week. I might, I might not even list it, right? Because I have a qualified buyer over here. So that was my initial, um, my initial loan gain. That was, that was my plan. And so plan, tweak the plan a bit, but I was still fixing on these bunch of people's credit. So now what I did was I created a qualified pipeline of buyers, but these qualified pipeline of buyers didn't have no money. They got credit, but they ain't got no money. And then I started thinking, oh, they got credit, they ain't got no money. Do they got a job? They got a job. Okay, cool. Well, what's the income? Mm, 40, 50, 60,000, some 70,000. Okay, cool. Do they own any property? No, they don't own no property. FHA, 3.5% down. Okay, cool. So I got these students who I repaired their credit. They, they, I got massive report now, right? They, they know me, they trust me, they see me every Wednesday and now their credit on point. So I'm thinking like, all right, cool. They, they hungry to do their first deal. I got down payment money, right? So I started leveraging my students to get FHA four flats. And then I provided the down payment money, right? And so they didn't know, they don't, they, they don't know what they don't know, but they want to get in real estate and I'm allowing them to partner with me to get them going. So I provided the down payment money. Now, here's how I, here's how I did it though. So hypothetically, give you, give you one scenario. So let's just say down payment was 10 grand, right? I provided the down payment for 10 grand. Now, I'm buying cash flow producing assets. So the moment I close, I'm getting paid, right? My partners, my students, if you will, they wasn't receiving any of the income until I got my down payment money back, right? So if I put down, if I put down 10, I put down 10,000, cool, one student. I put down another 10,000, another student. Put down another 10,000, another student. I got 30,000 out of my own personal pocket, right? I'm getting that $30,000 right back. It's going to take a year. It's going to take eight months, 10 months, or whatever the, 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 the market rent is, how much we grossing, excuse me, profiting, net profiting on these deals. But I'm getting all my initial capital back, right? So that's how I did it. Hey, partnership. I, I, don't, I don't even do nothing solo no more. It's all partnerships. Partnership. And that's, I think that's the best way to build a portfolio at a um, faster rate. Yeah. It's doing Because doing it by yourself is going to be a lot of hard, especially when you're younger. Because you know when you're young, nine times out of 10, you're not going to have cra crazy excess capital like that. Exactly. So, yeah, with that. We're going to take this moment to go into our next sponsor. And this episode is also brought to you by ACG Walmart Automation. As so many of you continue to implement the things that we teach you guys on the Millionaire Mindsets podcast to grow your active income, you want to take this time to remind you how you can grow your passive income by six figures with ACG Walmart Automation. They are offering a 10% discount to anyone who signs up via the podcast, and most of the clients are seeing multiple five-figure months within the first 180 days. You can reach out to Dawson if you're interested at official underscore Dawson Gant to schedule a call, or you can listen to episode 121 for more information. 
What I want to ask you this now, because we kind of talked about this uh, as well, probably. So what was your, we, we talk about uh, th this a lot with conversations and stuff. What was that waking up moment for you? The moment you had like, man, <laughs> let me get on my shit. Let me get my stuff together. All right. So uh, yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had like two, honestly. I had like two, but I learned from the first one. Um, first time, I was talking to a young lady um very beautiful you know everything man she was nice um and we went out on the date it's uh we went out on a date look nice little spot i think the bill was like 150 or something like that and um we talked whatever i was looking to pay so the waitress come around she's like all right go to the bill boom i hand look at the bill like damn like yeah I, I should have enough for this to go through imagine i don't got move banking on my phone none of that so like all right i give her the card she come back and she's like, hey, yeah, unfortunately, um, something's down with our system. Do you have another car? And she a real I, was like, one. I was like, I was she like, you're real. She a real. One. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Gave her the credit card this time. She go run a credit card. She come back again. She's like, unfortunately, but but the cards, the cards are not going through. I can try the first car you gave me one more time. And oh, the other girl over the girl, like she looking like, what the hell, like, like what's going on? Right. So long story short, man, I just fast forward. She had to pick up the tab, right? She had to pick up the tab. So it was that moment where it was like, yo, like, nah, I can't, I can't be moving like this. And long story short, you know, <laughs> we never talked again, right? And so that, that was the first aha moment. My second aha moment was my dad needed some money to get out of jail, right? He needed some money to get out of jail. Um, this is like, it was like maybe like $1,000. Um, he needed some money to get out of jail and come to find out it wasn't for him. It was for a friend, family friend, um, whatever. So I didn't have it. You know, and I felt some type of way because, you know, here I here I am going to college. I'm out of college working and I'm making way more money at a, at a W-2 salary job than all of my family making. But I don't got no money. So it was those two moments where I realized that I'm not I don't have shit. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting air. And that, that was that was my aha moments. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. But like I like I told you the other day when we had this conversation, I'm like, Shorty don't even know life has changed fast. It's different now. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, for real. But that's um like it's a, it's another thing I want to touch on when like, we're talking we're talking about like the nine to five part because this is another thing that people talk about a lot. Just asking the question of when do I know it's time to leave to leave it? And I know you you left yours. You're not there no more. So, like, talk about that process, like, why you left, how it happened, and, like, when you knew, like, all right, I'm ready, now it's time for me to go out on my own. Yeah, so my initial plan was going into the job, right, after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all this stuff, was, like, all right, I'm going to be there for a year, and I'm gone. I was a bit unrealistic. And um, was there, income was coming in. Excuse me, I just wasn't really... I wasn't engaged 
at all. In like the last six months or so of me being there, I just totally checked out, man. Like I was going to meetings, not really like knowing what they talking about. Um, don't even really care. Manager like, dude, I hate it when it was time to, to set goals for the year. Like, I'm not trying to set goals for this company. Like everything is about this company, you know, and making him look better and doing this. I was like, yo, I'm not, I'm not really trying to do that. You know, because those goals don't really align with me, right? Everything aligns with the company's bottom line, doesn't necessarily align with me and what, what I really want to do. And so I just wasn't really in it. But the moment that it was time for me to go was my manager went to my Instagram page. And the next day he wrote me, <laughs> yeah, he, he wrote me like, good morning, Mr. Marshall. And I was like, and all lowercase, you know, on Instagram, everything is lowercase. And I was like, yo, wait, what? Like, that, that's kind of weird. Like, what, what, what's this all about? And so he was acting funny the whole day. So I'm like, all right, cool, it's a Friday. So over the weekend, I set a Monday report, a Monday um, meeting with him, and I just labeled it as important, like, like an urgent meeting. We met, and I was just like, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, um, you know something felt a little off on Friday. Is there anything that you want to talk about? He was like, yeah, I'm glad that you set up the meeting. You don't want to talk about your Instagram. And I noticed that you're in real estate, and you got rental cars and you do like something, some stuff with guns. Can you like help explain how do you do all that and then make time for the company? And I said, you know what? I'm glad that you brought this up. Uh, and I would like to answer the question as this. I like to keep my personal life separate from my professional life. And whatever I do personally has nothing to do with what I do at work. So let me ask you this. Is, has my work performance been impacted? And he was like, no, no, no. Of course, like, he's like, he's like, no, 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 no. You know, I just want to make sure that you don't get distracted because your reputation will always follow you here. And I was like, hmm. I, I see, I see, I see what he said. I, I, I hear what you're saying without saying it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Ever since then, I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him. So it was that. Second moment was, he was like, yeah, we're thinking about bringing everybody back into the office. Um, imagine I, I, work, I was working an hour and a half from the job. And so with COVID, when COVID hit, it was the best thing that happened for me because I ain't have to drive an hour and a half no more. And even prior to COVID, the last manager I worked with, he understood. So I was only going out there three times, three times a week. And so he goes, yeah, they're talking about bringing everybody back into the office now. I didn't volunteer your name, but I wanted to know if, if you're ready to come back to the office. And I was completely transparent. I told him, I said, I have no desire and no intentions on going back into the office. And then um, he's just like, yeah, we'll have to see. I'll talk to the boss. He said, I'll, I'll talk to the boss. <laughs> and so he comes back to me. He's like, he's like, hey, man, I talked to the boss and we've decided to temporarily delay you'll return to office. What? Okay. <laughs> what the hell? It's good news, right? Because you ain't got to go back into the office. But you still on like, hold on. I see where this is going. But we're going to temporarily yeah. play your return to work. I see where this, I see where this is going. What? Mm -hmm. Fuck. I put, my, I, put, I put my two weeks in two days later. Yeah. I put my, I put my two weeks in two, two days later. And um, because 
I had already been building, you know, I had cash flow. I had savings, I had cash flow. I had already had everything ready for me to leave. My exit, my exit plan was already built, but it was still that little bit of fear of like, damn, like, yo, I'm gonna get ready to leave my job, some six figures over here, you know, damn, like I got benefits, you know, am I am I really about to do this? And then we had a we had an episode with uh with Andre, Andre Hatchet. And mm, shout out to Big Bro. Uh, definitely shout out to Big Bro. He was like, he wasn't talking to me, but he was just talking in general. He was like, at what point in time are you gonna bet on you? And it was like, I take these small things from different episodes and podcasts that really like resonate with me. So it was dead. And I was just like, all right, yo, fucking, I'm gone. And then I got another friend, uh, best friend here in Chicago. He got a tax firm. His tax firm uh, just hit three million. Um, Jeff Badu. And uh, we had a meeting and he was just like, yo, like, I don't know what you waiting on, bro. You should have been left. And I was like, all right, cool, I did. And ever since I left, bro, I've been so happy, man. Like it's been, it's been crazy. I've made more money in a week than I've made in a month working there. And I'm like, I'm like, I should have been did this. Mm -hmm. That's that's how it happened, man. I left, I left March 19th of 2021. Wow, so he, you, you, uh, fresh was it's been like almost three months. Almost three months, yeah. Yeah, wow, that's crazy, man. But that's a, that's a dope story, like betting on yourself, like and knowing, because just keeping it real, staying there, you got I could already tell you what was gonna happen. You, they was gonna stress your ass out. Yeah, it was gonna let me <laughs> anyway. They was, gonna, they was gonna stress you out then be like, oh yeah, we gotta move on. And they was gonna ruin your reputation first though before they let you move on. Yeah. That's what they that's, that's what they definitely was gonna do. Because he told me what they was gonna do. Yeah. That's telling me. <laughs> hey man, that that's man, bro. That's um that's some shit right there, bro. That's some shit right there. But that's but like I said, you bet on yourself, man. I, and, and I loved it. And it's working for you. You already had the game plan. This one, and this is what I tell people too all the time, because people always say, when should I leave my job? I'm like, bro. If you ain't got shit in order, you ain't got no assets, you ain't got no separate income, what you leaving for? I'm like, you already had houses, businesses. So you knew, like, even if I step away, I'm going to be all right. Most people in that situation, they don't set that up for themselves. And they just, you know what? I'm going on a whim. Obviously, with some people that work. But I ain't going to lie to y'all. Those Most of the time, that's, that's anomalies. Most people do that. It's going to be, they're going to be in an effed up situation in the end. Yeah, so I love like the way you the way you did it. I think that's the way to do it. But what you think about this? Because um, I've been seeing the conversation of two week notices lately. Like man, it was some viral something went viral on Twitter. They were saying, and then I seen the conversation happening. Like man, I ain't putting in no two week notice. Like f them, they don't care. What you what you think about this? After going through what I went through, I never put it. If 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 I was to ever go back to working a job. I would never ever put in a two week notice. Hmm. I would why, why is that? Because why would I put my dreams off for two weeks? I put my dreams off for two weeks. Hmm. If, if that company is if if that company had the ability to acquire another company that's going to generate a million dollars in a year for them, if they let you go. What do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna let you go. They're gonna let you go. 
They're not going to wait two weeks. They're going to hit you with that paperwork the next day. Service packet. They're going to hit you with something. You gone. They got a, they got a million dollar opportunity right here. You just one person. It's the same concept. It's the same way. So like, why would I put my dreams off for two weeks? Damn. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it again. And then plus we going through what I went through the two weeks is, is, is weird. It is. It's weird. Like everybody looking at you funny, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's weird, man. So I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even do it again. No, it is weird. Everybody ain't know you leaving. It's like, you, you just feel the energy like, man, it ain't even the same. It ain't the same. You already checked out. Mm, damn. That's yeah. some real shit, bro. That's some real shit. But I wanted to go into the um, cause he'll carry self defense business, like, and I think this is a this is an extremely important topic. So, like, just talk from from um, like, what what got you into that? Yeah, um, what got me? So I've always been interested in guns, and so I was like buying buying up guns in college. Uh, I was always buying pistols up, and um. I got my concealed carry license. It was it was a cool experience. And um I was just like, yo, I need like, I need some, I need income streams. You know, I need multiple streams of income. What do I like doing? What what could I do on the side that could generate me some cash? And it was like, ah, fuck it. I could become a concealed carry instructor. So I ended up becoming a concealed carry instructor. And I know that in any business, I was in network marketing. I know in any business, the key to it is, is marketing, is, is sales. So I just started marketing like crazy. And hell, I was getting like, well, let's say before I even had my license, I was already marketing for it. Before I even had it. So I was already just planning it out. The first day I had my first class, I made like four grand. The first day, 16 hours. Right, it's just a 16 hour course. Minimum requirement, uh, state of Illinois, 16 hours. So in two days, Saturday, Sunday, four grand. I was like, all right, cool. So I just cut feeding, you know, my marketing pipeline, getting the word out, getting the word out. Now I don't even do it no more, personally. I don't even do it no more. So I'm like, all right, cool. So if you're gonna get rich and wealthy, you gotta be able to make money in your sleep, yep. right? So I'm like, all right, there is no way I'm going to be able to scale this thing if I'm always there. I can't work in the business. I need to work on the business. So I ended up creating contracts with other concealed carry instructors. And one guy, I ended up just paying for everything for him to get his license, taught him everything. He came and saw how I was teaching my classes. And now he's teaching the classes. But we're in a contract where, it's like, all right, yo, you can keep, you can keep 70%. You can keep 70%. I just want 30%. And I'm going to feed you all the leads. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I take the 30. So now I don't even I don't even promote it no more. I don't post, I don't post it at all, but I'm I'm collecting every month, every week. Zell. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> right. So it's like now I'm not working in the business, I'm working on the business. And now I can just focus on just uh building out the brand. Building up the brand, yeah. That's it. That's cool, right there. That's cool, especially like um being in a in a city like Chicago in a state like Illinois where they're not really gun friendly like that. Specifically, Chicago. You know, what I'm saying you get caught, you get caught with a helmet in, a, in Chicago without being concealed in the carry. Your ass could 
It could go. I know a lot of people that get called without having they 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 paperwork in order. Oh man, it's over, bro. It's <laughs> over. So I think for people that's listening to this specifically that live in cities similar to that, and you interested in guns, make sure you do it the right way. Cause you don't want to catch no little petty case because you ain't got your paperwork in order. Speaking of that, right? Like I did a um, I partnered with a nonprofit and same similar program to like I was involved in that targeted at-risk youth that were considered, you know, of gun violence or going to jail. And I'm just like, yo. If y'all gonna carry, just carry the right way. So I just put them through the class, gave them huge discount, huge discount because I just wanna make sure, we gotta figure out ways to beat the system. We gotta figure out ways to beat the system. So if we know them brothers on the south side of Chicago, on 63rd or in the Wild Hunters or wherever they are, if we know they gonna carry, then we might as well, we might as well give, give them the right paperwork. That's facts. So if they if they do get pulled over, they good, they straight. Because mm-hmm. most of them really just trying to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. Like a lot of them not really initiating it. Some of them is really just trying to protect themselves from people that's after them. I agree. I feel like I, I feel like nine times out of ten, well, probably nine times out of ten, that's the case. Because I've yeah. I've been around it. Most people ain't going out looking to pop them up. They going out just in case, like, man, something go go down, I could I could take care of myself. I could protect myself. Because, you know, it, it, it's, it's real out there. So I, I agree. If you're going to do it, do it the right way. Because Chicago do not, they do not play, man. Oh. <laughs> they do not play. They, they be hitting mugs three years, <laughs> five years, gun charges. You would think they've been selling dope or something, how they, how they be on them guns out there. So, yeah, that's why I, I like this message. If you're going to do it, do it right, man. That's all. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I want to I want to um, go back into uh, real estate for a second. So, like, because this is a um, extremely important um, important topic, and I know people they they want they want they they interested in stuff like this when we talk about like owning this many properties and managing them and stuff like that. So, how do you manage thirty different properties? Yeah, so I got a I got a special hotline that my tenants can call if they need anything. And if it's not an emergency, they can they, they just email me. But if it's an emergency, they just call my other number, right? And so what I do, I got a whole team of contract subcontractors that do work. So the whole name of the game when you have subcontractors is to keep them busy, right? You want to keep them busy as much as possible. And the reason why is because you don't want to lose them. Because if you lose them, they're going to go to somebody else that's going to keep them busy, especially if they do high quality work. So for me, then I got partners too on these deals. So for me, if depending on the issue, it'll, it'll come, it'll, it'll either come through through email or we'll get someone on the hotline and then we'll just send somebody over to take care of it right away. Like I got a maintenance guy and my maintenance guy's always busy. You know, little handyman, they can do a little bit of everything. So it's really just having a team and having a system, right? So I got a special hotline, any emergency happens, tenant can call this number, right? And anything that needs to get fixed, we fixing it within 24 hours, period. We, we fixing it within 24 hours. We ain't going three days. We ain't going a week. Depending on the issue, if we can get it fixed quickly. We'll get it fixed within 24 hours. So I got a special hotline that they call. And if it's not an emergency, everything is communicated through email. Mm. It, it's, it's fairly simple. It's really not that hard at all, especially when you have good tenants. Tenants, yep. When you have good tenants, they're not, they not blowing me up. Mm-hmm. I'm nagging. Plus, we, I'm acquiring, 
and I'm doing updates. They love me. Because mm-hmm. what you tell you said you was doing, you do quarterly, quarterly, uh, what'd you say you did? Quarterly what? Inspections. Got quarterly inspections, yeah. I'm doing quarterly inspections. So we coming in, we spraying, roaches, I mean, whatever, right? And then also, too, it's my, it's my way of making sure that they- ain't going up and up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my units. Um, and, and they are, and, and on occasion, there's some, you know, some stuff that they kind of like slouch on, you know, here and there. But, you know, they, they live in there. They pay me on time. They're not doing nothing too crazy. Um, but of course, there could be some things that they could, that they could tighten up on. Um, but for the most part, bro, it's, it's real simple. I mean, it's not, it's not that big of a headache at all. Mm-hmm. The only time I really get problems is not with the building, like any like maintenance stuff, it's with other tenants in the building. Right. And then sometimes like somebody might have a little, you know, a little party or a little barbecue in the backyard mm. or something like that. And then they call me complaining. Right. Yeah. They'll they'll call the hotline, you know, thinking I'm thinking it's an emergency. So now I got it where if they call the hotline, I won't even pick up no more. Right. So they gotta leave a voicemail. And so I just listen to the voicemails just to see what it is, so I can save myself time, energy, mm-hmm. and effort, like talking to them on the phone, hearing a long ass story about X, Y, and Z. Well, the whole time it's nothing I could do about it anyway. Right. Especially I'm, probably I'm, not in the moment. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm probably out someplace. So if the tenant, if the tenant playing loud music, call the police. Mm. <laughs> no, for real. For real. I, I can't do nothing. I can go tell them to, to, you know, cut the music down. They probably cut it back up. Right. As soon as you leave, they're gonna cut it back up. Yeah, as soon as I leave, they're gonna cut it back up. And now what's happening is I am now entering a different vibration with that tenant that's playing the loud music and i don't really want to do that especially if we got a good accord yeah just call the police mm. and they'll handle it if it's really an issue yeah and, and they'll handle it yeah i like that i like that and so at this point for your deals are you um like what do you what are you doing as far as finance are you doing like opm or are you just using like your own own capital so it's a mixture of both um, so for the for the 30 that I got, most of them was my own personal cash. Really? And yeah, most of it was my own personal cash. And then also I had I le- I'm leveraged. I'm I, I dude, if I had to name myself, I would name myself Mr. Leverage. Because <laughs> I got some deals where like it's relationship. So I got some students that's like, yo, I got twenty thousand dollars sitting around. Like, what do I do? All right, cool. Is, is that twenty thousand just sitting in the bank? You got it in some stocks, like, like, like where is it? All right, cool. We can give you ten percent back on that. All right, we can give you twenty percent back on that in a year. So they just like, all right, come on. And most of my students, they not twenty six, right? They forty, they fifty, right? So they got four hundred one k's where they can borrow from, right? Right? They got IRAs, they got retirement accounts that we can leverage. And I always tell folks all the time, like, honestly, working a job is really a gold mine. It it's- is. Because you now everybody that got 401ks, mm-hmm. right? You gotta be you gotta be careful though. Mm-hmm. You gotta be careful, but you around everybody that got 401ks that may be looking at some or thinking about some alternative ways that they can invest. And if you got a nice real estate operation going on and you build up a good portfolio or case studies of people that you've made money for, yo, you turn turn that W2 into a million dollar business. Yep. Bro, that's a good one. bro, I talk about this all the time. I talk about how this why I don't like how people be so quick to leave their job just because 
you can let you can really really leverage your job if you got a plan to know what you're doing because people what people don't know is when you become an entrepreneur and especially when you're new into business it's very hard to get capital loan to you especially when you're talking about from institutions because you there's no there's no uh proof of concept you're so new into business most institutions they want to see two years three years of you being a business two three years of bank statements to see oh this person is trustworthy he's reliable he's going to make money when you knew even if you got a solid ass concept and you just making money the first three four months they still don't trust it because they want to see a long history that you making money but when you have a job obviously that history is there you might be on the job one two years they see you got a stable good stable w2 it's much easier to get money that way especially when you got a good job at that like if you make it like six figures close to six figures it's much easier to get money because they got that they, they see that you got that money on paper so when you get my point is when you got your job make sure you leveraging it to build wealth if that's what you is if that's really what you want that's really what you're trying to do make sure you taking the right steps and leveraging that job before you leave for all that you can get exactly. leverage it to the max before you dip they're gonna maximize you they're gonna maximize the hell out your ass <laughs> maximize maxim, maximize them before you dip Get all them benefits, get all, get all, get all the get all the money you can get at these institutions before you dip all that. Facts to build mm -hmm. that too, right? Like I'm not anti nine to five. Right. Personally. I know some entrepreneurs like, yo, like leave that joint, get out of there. Nah, that's not really my energy. That's not my vibration. My vibration, mm -hmm. whatever fits you. Right. That. You know, however, I do believe that everybody should have multiple streams of income. No question. Right? Like you should have, it's like this, right? We got insurance on cars, it's not it's not illegal, right? You, you, <laughs> we gotta have like- Life insurance. Life insurance. Like, yo, some of us got insurance on our phones. That's a fact. Yeah, but- Home insurance, renter's insurance. Renter's insurance, right? Mm -hmm. Like how many of us actually have insurance on our income? You talking that talk now. How many of us actually have insurance on our income so that if the nine to five lets you go, and COVID should have taught a lot, taught everybody this. Yep. If you if it didn't teach you this, I, I don't know. Even if it didn't impact you personally, if you didn't see how it impacted everybody else, that should have been a wake up call. Like, yo, I need multiple streams, at least one additional stream. Like, dude, create a oh, girl, girl, create a consulting business. Yep. You know, buy you some real estate, sell you some hair. Like do nails, like whatever right. it is, like you should do that. Sell plates, do something. Do something. Like I don't, I don't care what you got to do. Just do something. Hustle. Mm -hmm. like, like you can't, you you can't stop. And what I, what bothers me, is when people be like, um, oh I I don't need I don't need more money. I be like, what? Like what you, Bill Gates? Who you? What you mean? Like, how much you making fifty grand a year? Like you don't want more money? Like you don't? It's like people cast down limitations on themselves. Limit yourself. And so I had to realize that I can't help those people. Mm. I can't. Nobody can. Nope. They have to help themselves, right? And they got they operating from a place of scarcity and not abundance. Right. So I, I don't like when people be like, oh, I don't have enough time to make more money or I'm good where I'm at. Well, you will never have more time. Never. It, it won't happen. The only way you're going to increase your income is if you increase in value. 
you have to increase in value first and the money will soon follow. Yep. Right. And I tell folks all the time, if you provide more in value to other people, then you receive in cash value, you would never, ever have to worry about money. Ever. I can tell you that's fact. I'm living proof. I'm, you living proof too. I mean, I can tell you from experience, that's a fact. You provide value, you ain't got to worry. You're right. You ain't got to worry about no money is going to come. And okay. it, might, it might not come as soon as you want it to be or whenever, but it's going to come. So. For sure, that's that's a fact. And I only got only got um two more questions for you. The first one is so as far as real estate long term, what's your goal here as far as like portfolio and like which one to do within the within the industry? Yeah, so man, I want to own the I want to own the planet. Mm. Um, I want to own as as much real estate as I can. Um, so my short term goal right now is a hundred units. That's that's my that's my short term goal. Like yo, I want I want a hundred units. I'm not trying to go fast. I want to go slow and steady, right? So I'm I'm not in no rush to get to where I want to go. Mm. However, I do operate from a place of urgency. Mm. And the reason why I'm not in no rush is because one, I don't compare myself to other people's success because I have my own story that I'm building. So I don't need to get to 100 units next week or, or whatever, because when you do that, you miss steps. If you can't manage 30 units, Eugene, or Gene, or Mr. Marshall, <laughs> are you going to be able to manage 100 units? That's a fact. Right? So it's, it's really, it's levels to this, for real, in, in mm. real life. So for me, man, um, short term, 100 units, and I, I just want to, I, I want to own the block, man. Mm, I, I want to own the block. For real. And I'll take that. I said I had two questions uh, left. I got two questions left now because I just thought of another one. But yeah, so moving on to the next one is, what is your why? Everything you're doing, mm. all of this, you know what I'm saying? What is the, what's, the, what's the reason? What's your why? I come from nothing. Mm. Like very, very humble beginnings, man. Like poor, you know? Like I grew up very, very poor. I didn't really know my mom like that. Uh, my dad was around. He was a good dad, but he just made poor decisions. And I believe they were all unique, but the same. What separates us is the choices and the decisions that we make. Facts. My dad just made bad decisions. He ended up getting on drugs, which didn't really allow him to be involved in my life as much. And so I grew up very, very poor. Uh, South side of Chicago didn't have much struggle bro like like a real like struggle started working when i was 13 years old and i've been working ever since and so for me going through the hood growing up how i grew up experiencing what i experienced i want to make sure that the family that stemmed from me never ever have to go through that ever again that doesn't necessarily mean that i don't want them to have no street smarts because they can get street smarts through me. Yep, you can teach them that. Right? They can get that through my wisdom. They don't got to go through what I went through to get mm -hmm. that. So they're going to have that because I know that's, that's a lot of people's concern. Like, well, right. Maybe spoiled. Nah, that, that comes from you. Right? Because you're their biggest role model yep. as parents. You should be. So for me, bro, is is humble beginnings. And, and that's why I go so hard. 
And that's why I also believe that people who never had to work for nothing, they, they don't have shit long-term. That's a fact. They don't know how to grind. They don't know how to go get it. They don't know how to create. Professionals create, amateurs compete. I'm not worried about what the next person doing. I'm worried about creating and building out my own legacy. So that's that's my why, bro. Like I, I have to make sure it's a must. Like it's it's I have this thing, like I just have to do it where I cannot repeat the cycle. I just can't do it. I, I can't, bro. That's amazing, bro. That's a wonderful why. My my uh mine's pretty much the same. I always talk about how my my number one mission is in life is to create a, a fluent family. Mm. I feel like that's my that's my only. I, I do that. I feel like I I beat life if I if I do that, and I know I'm gonna do it. It's just gonna take time and complete. You know, keep working and shit like that. But that's that's dope, man. That's that's amazing for real. And this is my my final question is I like doing scenarios on this show because I feel like people could relate to it and they could immediately take something tangible away from the conversation on this uh situation a scenario. So let's just say this, there's somebody listening to this right now, they want to get in real estate. They might not have much capital. They may not have much resources or a quality network like that. So what are some steps, some, some advice that you can give them where they can take these steps in the right way to get them started with owning real estate in the near future? Right. So that's that's a really good scenario. You got to create it. Mm. You ain't got the money or the time or the knowledge or the resources. You need to create it. You need to figure out how to create it. So with creation comes networking, comes work ethic, comes sacrifices, comes no longer being distracted because distractions could be what's potentially hindering you from getting to where you want to go. Sacrificing, hanging with you know the wrong people could be what's hindering you from getting you from where you want to go. So it's really understanding what the goal is. If my goal, okay, Real estate. All right, cool. I ain't got no money, no time, no relationship, no nothing. Well, what do I have? You have the most powerful capabilities that everybody else have in this world. And that's the power of our mind, one. And the second thing is access to infinite resources. And that's God. Mm. And if you don't believe in God, higher power. All right your higher power is you have access to infinite resources you have to believe it so you gotta create you have to get good at you have to either learn how to raise money if you don't know how to do that then you got to figure out how can i make myself an asset what do i have an abundance of for me personally if it's time okay well maybe i could be, become a general contractor Maybe, maybe I can partner with somebody that's in real estate and I can ask them, hey, are you looking to expand your team? I, I'm, I have a bunch of time, right? Maybe they just might pay for you to get a construction license. If you take it serious, if you, if you hungry, you got to be super hungry. So although you don't have money, you have time, now you could be somebody boots on the ground for a renovation project. Your friends that do work, that do have a job, and then when they get into real estate, they don't got the time because they work in a nine to five job. They can't do the renovation. So maybe you can. All right. Well, I don't got the time. Well, then that means you need to have the information. Mm. You got to start studying. You got to learn how to put deals together. So you may not have 
the money or the time, then you got to have the information. Meaning you need to know how to analyze deals, right? And if you know how to analyze deals, numbers don't lie, right? People can read a deal from far away. Everybody, everybody wants to be a part of a deal. Yep. So, okay, cool. That means I need to find one person that can qualify to buy this property. I need a qualified buyer. Meaning their credit got to be on point if I'm going FHA or through a conventional lender. Or I just need to make sure that the deal itself makes sense so that I can go through a hard money lender because they don't care about you. They care about the asset itself. Does the deal make sense? And if the deal makes sense, they'll lend you the money. But you ain't got time. So now you need to find somebody that has the time. So you don't need all three. You just need to figure out where you are in that three. Because you're somewhere. Nobody's never not nowhere in that three. You got to figure out where, where am I? And you have to learn how to create. That's, that would be my, my best advice. You got to believe in yourself. Know that you have access to infinite resources. And you have to go out and create. Professionals create. Amateurs compete. Mm. And, man, I love that. And all I love about it is, it goes back to what you said earlier. Like the concept is simple, but the execution may not be easy. And everything you just said, I'm pretty sure the person, because I think people, when they when they look for advice on people, they look for some like magic trick, some magic tip that they're going to get that they've never heard before. But all this shit is really simple. That's why I say, I always say the cliches are the cliches for a reason. They stand the test of time. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's been proven. So I can't come tell you some brand new shit you never heard of because you already heard it before. What you asking me? I ain't gonna tell you nothing you never heard before. You heard it. You just looking for something so you could get over it quickly. Well, that's not gonna be the case. You're gonna have to go the same route, the same journey that everybody else then took. It might it might be different for some people, but the way they went about it, it ain't gonna be no damn cheat code. Everybody gotta go through it. So that's Literally. why I, that's why I love that. That's why I love that for real, bro. Because that's 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 real, man. And that's something that um this just kind of like sparked me a bit. Like there is no new wisdom. Exactly. Like exactly. every wisdom that could be around is here. It's here. It's been here already. It's already here. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, to your point, yo, they're they're really they know what to do. They just looking for validation. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're constantly looking for validation. Yo, should I do this? And mm -hmm. we, we already know what to do. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for validation. And the reason why they're looking for validation is because they skipped step one. That's a fact. You ain't, that's a fact, bro. You know it because you get you get somebody that may DM me. Because, you know, a lot of times when you're in this, this content creative space, everybody know each other. So, so you, you know what I'm saying? So you might get somebody to DM me a question. I might give them an answer. They might DM you the exact same question. And it's like, bro, what you looking for? Like, you know what I'm saying? It ain't going to be nothing. That you, you can't skip no steps with this. You got to stop looking for validation. Just go out here and just act. Just do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it ain't me telling you something. Obviously, that's not going to give it. That's not. That's still not going to make you be able to skip the action part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So people, I, I feel like that's something people got to realize. Is just stop. You know, obviously, game is important. You want to get game from people. But at, at some point, you got to do something. You know what I'm saying? You can't just sit there and just keep, 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 keep soaking up shit. Keep soaking up shit. You know everything, but you have nothing because you did nothing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
That's the, and I feel like that's a lot of people, especially in these times, because it's like an information overload, overload, and a lot of and a lot of shit these days. But you just gotta, you just gotta react. That's why I loved everything you said, because it was, it was simple. It wasn't no fluff bullshit. It was simple. You know what I'm saying? And I know people, they might be like, damn, like you ain't going, bro. You're not going to stop looking for new shit, some kind of new shit. They be like, oh, that's a bar. That's a nah. This shit's simple, man. Just get, get your ass up and get out here and start doing shit. Gotta believe in you, man. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be in control of results, or results gonna be in control of you. That's just the reality. That's just how it works. Man, you control of results, or results gonna be in control of you, man. You gotta go out here and do it. You gotta take action, even if you fuck up. And you gonna fuck up. You gonna fuck up. It's gonna happen. Yeah. You wanna minimize your the fuck ups, right? And that's through seeking wisdom. But also, and I, I just posted this the other day, right? The worst decision anybody can make is not making no decision. That's a fact. That's a fact. Like successful people, they know how to make decisions quick. Mm -hmm. Quick. Quick. And they did that because it's a muscle, right? They've mm -hmm. made decisions over an extended period of time. Some have failed, but then they've got better at making calculated decisions. And unsuccessful people, they make a decision and then they change their mind. They change their mind. Like, then you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm start in real estate first. No, fuck that. I'm going to crypto. <laughs> fuck that. I'm doing options trading. Come on. Well, that's right. And you know what? All that is at the root is being scared of failure. You don't want to go through with something because you like, man, if this don't work. You know what I'm saying? So let me just be as calculated as possible and see, let me go from this to this to this to this to this. Like, nah, bro. Because failure, that's just part of the game. Like, your first thing, probably not going to be a success. <laughs> it's probably not going to be a success. And you got to be okay. You got to be okay with that. You got to make, you got to put yourself in vulnerable situations because that's when you could learn and grow, potentially win. Because you can't, like, you know what I'm saying? LeBron, the Lakers can't go, they can't win no game if they don't take their ass on the court and play. If they don't put in their possession position to lose the game, they can't win it. They got to get on the court. You know what I'm saying? As good as they is, even if, if they could be playing the worst team in the NBA, the odds could be highly in their favor. But they still got to get on there and play it and put themselves in a, in a position where they might lose. So you listen to this, if you're going to get in real estate, if you're going to get into crypto stocks, start your own business, you might lose. That's just the position you got to put yourself. You got to be comfortable enough to put yourself in that position to lose so you can have a possibility of winning, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? They go hand in hand. Yes. And yeah. like, I started I started building businesses in, in college. Like, for real. Like, I started like my first business when I was in college and do partnerships. And the guy that I was partnering with, he knew more than me. And so I, re I, I realized and then like, yo, I got better first business flop, second business flop, third business flop. Damn, what do they all had in common? Self-reflection, the power of self-reflection. What do y'all have in common? Poor marketing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, no capital. Hmm. Okay. But now I know that I've self-reflected. So now I can implement those things that I was missing, those principles, those business principles yep. in the next venture. Isn't there is no overnight success, man? It doesn't happen. No, nope. it's not. Even if, even if, and it seems like it from the outside, somebody might pop up out the blue and they just get success. It seems like that might happen. You don't know what was going on, probably, or what they was going through, how much time they had to go through learning shit, 
or being at the bottom. You don't know. Like, it ain't, ain't no such thing as an overnight success. It's, that, it's pretty much impossible for real. Yeah. It's, it's really impossible. But, yeah, man, this is uh, this was jam-packed, man. That's, that's, this is a, a great episode, man. Before I let you go, though, uh, plug in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you. If they want to get into real estate, they can learn how to get started in real estate, everything. You can plug that. Absolutely, man. So on Instagram, underscore, underscore, Mr. Marshall. Twitter, the same thing, underscore, underscore, Mr. Marshall. If you're looking to get in real estate and you want to rehab for the first time on your first deal, you can go to the renogame.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-O game.com. Grab my blueprint to renovating uh, your first rehab. I'm going to teach you everything I knew. I'm going to tell you my story, um, how I lost 50K to everything. I had a screen contractors, you name it, it's all in there. Um, leverage debt and debt can be like your foundation to move forward. Yo, like you can get a distressed property, rehab it, refinance, use that money, tax-free money, by the way, to go and build. Like literally go and build your own empire. And so I want to just thank you, bro, for you know allowing me on the podcast. Definitely fun time for me. I also want to thank you for the experience in Dallas. Uh had a had a beautiful time, man. I'll be out there in June. And uh, we we gonna kick. Yeah, we gonna kick it, bro. You come back next month. We 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 back at it, man. We gonna have a ball, man. We gonna have even more fun this time, man. And that's uh yeah, that's all I got for you, bro. And wrapping up for those who don't know, who don't know y'all can follow follow me on Instagram, man, Twitter at Xavier C Miller, and you can follow the podcast Being a Mindset on all platforms, even on YouTube. And that's all we have for you guys. Thanks for tuning to another episode of Million and Mindset's podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. You gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people, if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gon' talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million if you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people, if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody voucher Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant